0: Good morning. So this morning we are looking at when the Spirit comes. There are miracles. So it's a great topic and it's a topic that we want to look at through the eyes of many testimonies. So I've asked Nathan to come and tell us a little bit about healings he's experienced in his family. Nathan. Hey yep.
1: Yeah, great. Yeah, so there's been a couple that I wanted to share. Um, One was about my mum, who suffered from something called ME, um, which is chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah, I can see a lot of nodding heads. Um, She suffered suffered with it for a few years. Um, Sometimes had to have time off work for significant lengths of time. Um, Sometimes bed-bound, as as people can be, from from the illness. Um, We'd prayed for her a lot, but hadn't really seen much coming from it. But then I really felt the call from the Lord to, uh, to, to fast and to pray as well. I felt like there's, there's something in scripture about, you know, some things, they don't come out apart from with fasting and praying. So I, I felt called um, to do that and over a weekend. Didn't really tell my mum, actually, that I was doing it, but I just felt that I was seeking God's face with the fasting and, and seeking um, his healing power. And that same Sunday, she, she received some prayer at her church, um, and she said something felt different. There was a power there in the prayer that she received from her pastor, um, yeah, and and ever since then she went to the doctors, and they, they've kind of given her the all, the all clear. They, um, you're not supposed to get better from this, but but the Lord um, the Lord healed her. So all the praises to the Lord. Um, and ever since she's been free of it, and that's that's a few years ago now, and she's been able to get back to full time work and everything. So it's a real a real testimony of the Lord's the Lord's power. Um, amen. And the the second one is uh, Sophie, my, my wife, who um, is travelling at the moment, but she. She, she broke her wrist, um, f- falling off her bike, being being hit by a car and uh, had a lot of pain from it, had to have an operation. Um, the night before the operation, she she received some prayer from, from a, a friend of ours at church. And the, the operation was to put in a screw into her wrist, and she's got really, really thin wrists. So she was a bit concerned about this screw being in there and um, was really worried about that. So we received some prayer and just prayed that, that she wouldn't have to have that. And the, the surgeon the next day she woke up from the operation and um he said actually when we got in there we we discovered we didn't need to put the screw in anymore so she's, she doesn't have that she doesn't have to have to go through that and with her with her wrists and everything and she's recovered very well and we just she she gave testimony to the lord to the surgeon as well that she prayed that that would happen and he was um yeah he was he was surprised by the change he'd seen in her wrist so praise the lord
0: yeah. brilliant thank you you give the mic for... It's great to share stories about when the Spirit comes. When the Spirit comes, miracles happen. That's what we believe. You know, we use that word miracle very glibly uh, today. We might say, oh, it'll be a miracle if the sun comes out today. Um, It's a miracle that I got to church on time and there weren't roadworks on the South Circular But actually, when we talk about miracles in the Bible, we're talking about God's activity, God's mighty power being evident. And uh, when we see stories of miracles in the New Testament, often there are words like amazement and wonder and astonishment at what God has done. It's important when we think about miracles to remember that God is, is always active. It's not like he stands back and doesn't do anything and then suddenly steps in. No, God is always at work. It's just sometimes we aren't aware of him so much. He is not passive in any way. He has created this world. He has created the laws of nature, science, medicine, and often he is working through those things. But there are times When God seems to move directly or to speed up processes so that people are healed and miracles happen. They are rare, but they speak about his compassion for us as his people. And they should spring out into testimony and joy when we see them happening. So today we're going to look at chapter 5 of Acts, and we've got some very public healings there of uh, people who are brought to the apostles and they are healed. Luke calls these signs and wonders, and I love that because signs point to something, don't they? These are miracles with a message. They aren't just uh, there to help and heal the individuals involved, but they point to God's character and his power, and they, they are a message in themselves. Just a little bit of background to remind you. So in Acts 3, we have the healing of the man who'd been disabled from birth, and that caused some problems for the uh, disciples as they testified and spoke about Jesus afterwards. They were thrown into prison. The ruling authorities, the religious authorities, the Sanhedrin, weren't very happy and yet the the disciples come out of jail, and they continue to preach the gospel. Many people are added to the church, and the community of the church is really strengthened so that they begin to share their resources with one another and make sure that no one is in need amongst them. And then we have a sobering story of judgment at the beginning of Uh, chapter 5. So there's a sense of God's holiness and awe. Everybody is watching what is happening amongst this group of disciples. So let's uh, read Acts chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result people brought those who were ill into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds, gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing those who were ill and those tormented by impure spirits. And all of them were healed." So again, we have that sense that they're all together. That's mentioned several times in Acts, and they're all together uh, in the temple in Solomon's colonnade. And just to remind you, the temple was a massive building. Uh, This is a, um, a replica of what the temple was like. It wasn't just like a little church. It was more like Uh, the Glades in Bromley, or a massive conference center. It It was just a place where hundreds and thousands could gather. The walls were 40 feet high. The courtyards covered about the space of six football pitches. It was a massive area. And on the side there, where you see those four turrets, was the Roman Fortress, and the soldiers from Rome, they watched over everything that happened in the temple. And from there, news just went. You know, as people went up the stairs towards the temple, they would have been talking and gossiping about what was happening amongst the believers. So there's, there's awe and there's astonishment, but there's always news spreading And it seems like the rumors about Peter, particularly because he was the apostle that spoke up, uh, were spreading and he had like a kind of celebrity and people were amazed at the power that was on him. And so as he walked about, people would, would come out hoping that they would be healed as he just came near them. I mean, this is extraordinary, but you know, it's not hype. Because the testimony of the account, eyewitness accounts in Acts say that all the people were healed as they came to the apostles. I mean, just imagine that for a moment. I've been in some amazing conferences and seen some amazing healings. But I've never been in a place where everybody was healed of everything. I mean, think about that. That would be, uh, you know, people hearing who had been deaf, people who are blind, people who even with glasses throwing them away, walking sticks being thrown away, diabetes and cancer and heart disease being healed in the name of Jesus. This is remarkable. There would have been enough health and joy in the city of Jerusalem, I think, to bankrupt any doctor's and people who were trying to sell remedies because God was working in such an amazing way. And, you know, as people put their faith in Jesus, even more amazing miracles happened. Selfish people started to give their time to community. Poor widows were fed. Marriages were transformed as Husbands loved their wives sacrificially, and women loved their husbands with respect. People who had money and property saw other people in need and sold what they had so that everybody shared together. There was a generosity that was miraculous. A spirit-filled revolution was happening in people's hearts in Jerusalem, And that was a problem for the religious authorities, the Sanhedrin. They were losing their monopoly on worship and power and teaching and crowd control. They were fuming. They were jealous. I mean, what an ugly emotion for people who were supposed to be followers of God. Now, in some ways, it is understandable why the Sanhedrin were on edge, because right next to the temple was that Roman fort. And they knew that they only governed under the authority of Rome, who were a brutal oppressor. And they knew if if crowds begin to gather and if an uprising happened, it would be squashed brutally and they would lose all their power. So they were scared and nervous. So let's read what happened next in Acts 5.17. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail but during the night an angel of the lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out go stand in the temple courts he said and tell the people all about this new life so at daybreak they entered the ta- temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people now, I don't know about you, but if I was freed from jail by an angel, I don't think I would run back to the scene of the crime. I would think, oh, great, God has delivered me. I'm going to go and hide. I'm going to let this all settle down. But no, the disciples are back at the temple gates. It's almost like they don't even go home for a shower or breakfast or tell their loved ones the good news. They're just back there as soon as the gates open, declaring the good news about Jesus. They were deadly serious about telling everybody the good news of Jesus. They wanted the whole city to know that Jesus had come as a perfect man, the Son of God. He had taught and healed people. He had been unjustly arrested and brutally beaten. He'd been crucified, and as he died... The punishment that should have been ours, the punishment that should have been on the people of Jerusalem for their wrongdoings, for their selfishness and their pride was put on him, and by his wounds, forgiveness and healing was made available. He had died, but he was raised again from the dead, and the offer was there that everyone who put their faith in him, who repented and trusted in him as lord and savior would have their hearts softened and cleansed as if they were born again the slate would be washed clean new life would surge into their hearts and minds that was the life that they wanted to share that was the good news they wanted to share So the authorities had to come again and try and silence them. Imagine their embarrassment to find the people they thought were locked in jail were actually back in the temple preaching. So they took them, they took them again, and they hauled them in front of the authorities. And they said to them, You filled all Jerusalem with your teaching. They must have been delighted. And Peter and the other apostles replied... In uh, verse 29, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. I mean, they don't mince words here at all. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring to Israel repentance and forgive their sins. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. Well, I would just encourage you, read the rest of Acts 5 and find out what happens. In fact, this week, why don't you read Acts 1 to 6? Read a chapter a day. These are brilliant, faith-inspiring stories. So we're left with a little bit of a question, because I don't know about you, but I would love to have been in that day and seen those miracles, everybody healed of everything. But I'm not sure I would have had the courage to stand with the disciples and face imprisonment, beating, possible death. But you know, when the Holy Spirit came in Acts, the Holy Spirit gave them boldness and courage as well as power to heal the sick. I wonder if he can do that for us today. You know, I wonder if those kind of things could happen for us in Lewisham Market or in the O2 or in the Glades or when we're on our way to work or in our school. Because if it is the Holy Spirit that heals, if it is the Spirit that gives boldness when he comes, couldn't he do the same for us you know imagine the headlines you know in the bromley news shopper miracle healings at king's church or if you googled it you know hundreds gather at catford lee and downham to hear about jesus raised from the dead well those headlines would be true actually A couple of years ago, um, a senior pastor from uh, the Jubilee Church in Enfield came and preached here, Toppy, and he said, you can be in the middle of a miracle and not realize, not recognize what God is doing. And you know, miracles are happening here at King's. People's lives are being transformed week after week on Alpha. People who have questions are finding faith in Jesus. Yes, of course, we pray for more. We're not experiencing anything on the scale that they experienced in Acts, but God is still doing amazing things amongst us. Many of you have written to me your stories of testimony, of miracle, and God's intervention in your life. Thank you so much. They've been so encouraging, and I want to share some of them with you this morning. Iris says about being baptized in the Spirit uh, years ago, and God challenged her to believe that she could be healed from really bad hay fever. You know how irritating that can be. And she says, I trusted God, and I've had no more symptoms since. Anne spoke about the fact that uh, one week she was in a Wednesday prayer celebration, which we usually have at the beginning of every term. And the person at the front said, put your hands on the place where you have pain and pray that God will heal you. And she'd recently been diagnosed with arthritis in her hands. So she prayed, and since then she's had no pain in her hands. Another young lady spoke about having terrible sciatica, and how she prayed and fasted, and now she's been free of pain for a whole year. Betty spoke about praying for a friend of hers who was seriously ill in intensive care, and God giving her a Bible verse uh, to be read to her friend. And as her friend heard that Bible verse, not only did she recover, but she put her faith in Jesus as her saviour. Vivian shared about how she uh, wanted to give some money to uh, some children in Ethiopia suffer- suffering poverty and malnutrition, and she was challenged by God, but she wasn't really sure about giving that amount of money, but she gave it in faith, and that, mo- that month, God provided for her financially. Someone else shared about a recent visit to Africa for a funeral where she was apprehensive about would she have enough money to cover all the costs. And she prayed and she changed less than half the money that she had with her into local currency and it was there in her purse. And as the couple of weeks went by, she was paying for this and paying for that and giving that money to to certain people. And she was, like, amazed and puzzled because it was like the money didn't run out. And by the end of the time, she had paid for everything, and she came home with money to spare. God provides. Samola shared about how her family was praying for her young nephew, who was seriously ill. And sadly, after surgeries and emergency admissions, he passed away. But she writes this. The miracle was that the Holy Spirit was there to catch us and help us as we grieved. And you know, that's a reality too. That's Holy Spirit life too, that when things don't go as we pray... When we're thrown in jail or thrown into sickness or thrown into grief, the Holy Spirit is there to catch us. Others spoke about emotional healing, the power to forgive someone who had hurt them, of rapid recovery after surgeries, Uh, Strength to face treatment of liver problems healed, a child with meningitis going through it unscathed, a child in a serious traffic accident who wasn't expected to live surviving and being completely healed. In my own family, William, my husband, when he was going through cancer treatment a couple of years ago, his consultant actually said to him, I'm, I'm so thankful to you because you have responded to your treatment in a way that was beyond anything we couldn't have expected. He's in complete remission. God is at work. Extraordinary things happen through the prayers of ordinary Christians. One remarkable story happened in Lee in January. An 18-month-old baby fell from a window that was 40 foot up. He was severely injured and rushed to intensive care with a fractured skull, a massive blood clot on his brain, a broken eye socket, broken legs and hip and bruised lungs. And his grandmother, Lorraine, asked the church to pray. And they prayed that Sunday... And within five days, he had made amazing progress. He was off life support. The doctors were just staggered that an 18 month old could survive such horrific injuries and not even be brain damaged, nothing. I spoke to his grandmother this week, and he is walking. He's having a little bit of physio, but he is doing brilliantly. God can do extraordinary things amongst us. Another completely different type of miracle happened last year in Zimbabwe at the Ebenezer project that we are uh, working with and partnering with. This large farm project helps train young people so they can go back into their communities, uh, rural poor communities and support uh, their families and their communities. I, I can't really go into all the details but there was a situation where the land was threatened and could have been taken away from them and usually when these things happen the lawful owners are just powerless and the staff and trainees would have been homeless and the project decimated. But Rene, who runs the project, called for prayer, and many people across the world prayed. We prayed here at King's, and within a few days, uh, news came that the land would stay with Ebenezer, and more than that, the officials were so impressed with what they were doing that they've asked them to reproduce that across Zimbabwe. Our God can do extraordinary things. <clears throat> And and miracles are happening all the time here at King's. You know, this this Easter, we had our biggest Sunday uh, Easter attendance ever. 1,600, over 1,600 people here learning and finding out that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Last term, over 1,100 people started working to build community in our groups. 79 uh, 20s and 30s signed up for the weekend away. Uh, 36 people have been baptized across the church since January 2016, and 21 have made first-time commitments. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You know, think of those 21 people, their hearts cleansed. Shame washed away, forgiveness, new life, power of the Holy Spirit coming into their life and changing who they are from the inside out so they're different in their families and different at work and have a testimony to share. Our God is doing extraordinary things. You know, in Acts, we see that miracles included lots of healings, financial provision, generosity among the believers, protection in dangerous situations, courage to speak up, supernatural guidance and direction, unity in diversity. Read about it in Acts. Miracles happen. And you know, God makes the resources of heaven available to us today. It wasn't just back then in the time of Acts. God is still in control of this world. God still answers prayer. So in response to that, what can we do? Well, in a moment, we're going to have opportunity to pray for God, to break into the situations we're facing. Maybe you need healing today, or a broken marriage repaired, or financial provision, or a job, or guidance about a decision, or boldness to tell a friend or a family member of the good news of Jesus. Or maybe today, actually, you need the courage to put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior for the very first time. Paul speaks in 2 Corinthians 3 of the ministry of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit, the stuff that the Spirit does in us, and it is more glorious than anything that happened in the Old Testament. The spirit is available to every ordinary believer. You know, John Wimber defines this kind of spirit ministry. He says, it's meeting the needs of others with the resources of God. God's resources are available to us this morning. A former Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple, said, when I pray, coincidences happen When I don't, they don't. And we want to be people that pray. So coincidences happen. God acts. God breaks in. Things change. Situations are turned around and people are healed. And the more we pray, the more we step out, the more we will see miracles happen. And our own Lorraine Dormer, the grandmother from Lee, said this to me this week. No matter how dark a situation is, when people pray, anything can happen. And, you know, this morning when we pray, anything can happen. Maybe you've prayed about something time and time again. But, you know, things can change in a moment. You know, let's be the kind of people who are available who are compassionate, who are filled with the Spirit, who are in faith, who are in community. We'll we'll stand and pray and fast for one another. We'll, We'll stand and pray until we see things change because God's resources are available to us when the Holy Spirit comes. Amen.